As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan, you can follow me on Twitter at FPL General for all things fantasy football. With Game Week 9 now behind us, we are roughly one quarter of the way through the campaign. It's back to being a Friday deadline this week, 6.30pm UK time, so make note of it, maybe set a reminder on your phone so that you don't get caught out. My main piece of advice again this week is to do nothing until Friday. We are seeing more and more players being ruled out due to COVID issues and there's also Champions League and Europa League games this week which can always give us a few headaches for FPL. Sit on your hands for now and play the patient game. A quick reminder of some of the things that happened in game week 9. Chelsea kept yet another clean sheet while Timo Werner scored 5 points when it really should have been about 15 points. Very unlucky for owners there. Our Aston Villa assets let us down, losing at home to Brighton, unless you owned Esri Konza, of course, who scored. Son and Kane returned again in a 2-0 win over Manchester City. Bruno Fernandes needed two bites at the cherry from the penalty spot to reward those who captained him. Calvert-Lewin scored his ninth and 10th goals of the season. What a pick he's proven to be this year. Leeds battered Arsenal but couldn't find a winner in a 0-0 draw. Good to see them keep a clean sheet there. Liverpool were very impressive in a 3-0 win over Leicester. Diogo Jota and Andy Robertson in particular impressed in that one. While on Monday night, Burnley did a Burnley, winning 1-0 at home, much to the delight of Nick Pope and Charlie Taylor owners. If you're not yet a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get it for £1 a week by visiting theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod. In doing so, you'll be able to listen to ad-free versions of this podcast, read my weekly FPL column, and also take part in the very fun FPL Q&A that myself and Ben Dinnery do every Friday. Unfortunately, there is no new members to the 59th Minute Club this week. Very disappointing for me when that happens. I think that might be the first time this season that we haven't had a shout-out on the podcast. A couple of notable mentions, as usual. Uh, for West Brom, Carlin Grant and Grady Diangana were very close. They managed 61 minutes each. Also for Fulham, Tom Kearney and Bobby Reid were taken off after 57 minutes. 
And for Leicester, Harvey Barnes just about managed 61 minutes. So Barnes, he didn't start the previous game. I think he got 18 minutes in that one. And then he only got 61 minutes in this one. So I don't think he's completed 90 minutes now for about four or five games. So that puts me off Harvey Barnes as a pick. Although Leicester do have some very nice fixtures coming up. So he could do well if he can get more minutes. Uh, a notable mention here as well. Someone just sent me a tweet actually this morning that again at Leicester, Ricardo Pereira, who's working his way back to fitness. I think he played for the under 23s. And yes, he was taken off in the 59th minute. Now, he's not going to get invited into the club because it wasn't a Premier League game, but we'll keep an eye on him when he gets back on the pitch for the Leicester first team. A quick review of how game week nine went for me. It was another very good one. So I followed up, I think it was 77 points in the previous game week and now I've got 82 points in this one so over the course of two weeks I've gone from about 450k overall jumped right up into the top 100k I'm sitting at 83,000 overall now so it just shows you if you can put two good game weeks back to back you can rise very quickly through those rankings I made one transfer I was hoping to bank the transfer last week but Salah's COVID issues forced me to act I got rid of Salah because I thought there was a chance he may miss more than one game. Doesn't look like that now, so I need to ask myself, do I get him straight back in? I sold him for Bruno, and I made Bruno captain, so that one worked out well. That transfer got me 22 points thanks to that Bruno penalty. It was a it was a roller coaster couple of minutes when he missed the first penalty. It was uh, I was I was mid conversation with my, with my wife about something, and I just said, "Can you just give me a minute?" Because my my captain's after missing a penalty here, but thankfully. VAR helped me out there and then we resumed our conversation after he scored the second one. 82 points brings my total for the season to 583. As I said, rank is now 83k. So very, very happy with how this season is going. The first quarter of the season has gone very well. I've put myself in a good position now to, re- you know, a platform for me to build on for the rest of the campaign. The good and the bad. There was more good than bad this week. Bruno captain 22 Cavert Lewin 13 points, Robertson very welcome 12 pointer. So the faith in Robertson was restored after a run of two pointers. The plan was to get rid of him for a Manchester City defender now for game week 10, but given how well he played in that one, it's going to be very hard for me to sell him and I think I'll probably end up holding on to him now. I'll come back to that later because there's going to be questions about that. Hyungman's son, plenty of questions about this man as well. 10-pointer, can I sell him now? Again, like Robertson, probably not. I just can't bring myself to sell a player who scored nine goals in the first nine games of the season, regardless of what the fixtures are. Chilwell, Nice signing a couple of weeks ago, another seven-pointer. Charlie Taylor topped off my game week with a clean sheet and a bonus point. And Harry Kane got a four-pointer, which is not great. The yellow card was disappointing, but it's I always say four points is a lot better than a two-pointer. The bad, the usual suspects here are in Ramsdale. I think it's a I think it's a serious achievement to be in the top 100k, having owned Ramsdale all season because I've effectively been playing with 10 players every week. I don't even know if he's broken the 20-point barrier this season. In hindsight, I should have got rid of him a, lo- a long time ago, but you know, wanting to focus my transfers and attack and you know, midfield and attack most weeks, he survives and he's probably gonna survive now until I wildcard. 
James Rodriguez, disappointing again, just two points taken off early as well. He's really starting to frustrate me now watching Everton games. James, he, he drops quite deep, tends to you know play the pass to the guy who, who makes the assist. He's quite lazy as well, so when, when Everton are under the cosh, he's always at risk of being substituted. So James is on a short leash at the moment. He may survive this week, but... It's, um, I don't think he'll be in my team for very much longer. I think there's better options at the moment around the same price. The, the Aston Villa guy is disappointing as well. Grealish, one point. Watkins, two points. That doesn't bother me too much, though, because they've still got very good fixtures. Watkins was very frustrating because Villa were awarded that penalty right at the end of the game. Watkins had the ball in his hand. I was hoping I was going to get a nice goal out of him and maybe a couple of bonus points as well. But VAR, much to my frustration, took that penalty away. So yeah, overall, another very good game week. So hopefully I can keep the momentum going now and keep climbing. I mentioned I mentioned on last week's podcast, my initial plan for this week was going to be a minus four to get Kevin De Bruyne. So what it would have been was sell Robertson and sell Son and get a Manchester City defender, most likely Diaz, and get KDB. But I'm really not so sure now. Like I've mentioned... How can I sell Robertson after what he's done for me this week? And also, how can I sell Son when he's one of the most informed players in the game this season? Uh, and one of my favourite FPL players as well, for that matter. So I think I'm going to end up keeping both of those guys. So if I want to get De Bruyne back or if I want to get Salah back, I'm going to have to find another way to do so, which I'll talk more about when it comes to my transfers at the end of the podcast. The watch list update is a pretty brief one this week. It's probably the first time this season that I haven't removed any players from my watch list. Those that are already on it, I didn't see any reason to remove any of them this week. Quite a few of them did well. The likes of Lamptey is suspended now, but I still think he's a good option when he comes back. Antonio is on my watch list. He's still injured, but again, once he's fit again, I think he's a good option as well. So the only changes this week were three additions. So first of all, Mohamed Salah. As soon as I sold them for Bruno, I added him straight back to my watch list because as soon as he's back available, which could well be game week 10, he's going to be back in my thoughts. Salah has dropped to 12.2 million now. So the fact that he's dropped means I can actually make a direct reversal of the transfer I made last week. I've got 0.0 million to do so, but I could do Bruno Fernandes out Salah back in this week and maybe captain Salah against Brighton if it looks like he's going to play so it's good to have that option available to me as well as five or six other options which I'll talk about later as well so Salah is back in my thoughts immediately. Richarlison at Everton 7.8 million is another player added to the watch list he should have scored more than the five points that he did against Fulham he looked pretty good on his return from suspension I don't actually mind the Calvert-Lewin-Richarlison double-up because at this stage, most engaged managers have Calvert-Lewin. So we're not really gaining with him unless we captain him. So I like the idea of maybe getting Richarlison in alongside him when Everton have some good fixtures. I think Richarlison, I think he's under 5% owned, so he's a big differential. If you're looking for a new striker, even if you have Calvert-Lewin already, don't rule out going for the Everton forward double-up. I, I, I would rather own Richarlison now alongside Calvert-Lewin rather than James Rodriguez. The final player added this week, Stuart Dallas. Pretty sure I removed him from the watch list last week because Leeds were conceded so many goals. Good to see them getting the clean sheet against Arsenal. What I like about Dallas is he's playing in midfield a lot now. So Alioski has been playing at left-back. 
which has allowed Dallas to move into midfield. Now, when Ailing went off injured, Dallas did move to right back. So he's a very versatile player, which I think makes him a good fantasy pick because Bielsa can play him in almost any position across midfield or defence. So there's always a good chance that he will keep his place in the starting eleven. So Dallas, he almost scored against Arsenal. Leno made a very good save to deny him. So that again shows us what he can offer as an out-of-position player. Hello, I'm Ian McIntosh, and despite literally spending months of my life playing football manager, I'm still terrible at it. That's why I'm launching The Football Manager Show, the latest podcast from The Athletic. Every week, I'll speak to the people who know the game best, the people who make the game. We'll take a proper look at things like training, recruitment and tactics. We'll try to answer your questions. We'll do everything we can to keep you eager to play just one more game and altogether less inclined to quit without saving. The era of Cherno and Tonton and dear sweet Michael Duff is over. The new football manager is bigger, better, more challenging than ever. And I need some help. If you do too, you can subscribe now. Just look for the Football Manager Show by The Athletic, wherever you get all your other podcasts. It starts in November, and knowing my track record, I'll be unemployed by December. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Moving on now to the questions from Twitter. A new record of replies was over 150 questions asked in the last 12 hours. So as always, I've picked out the main ones. The first four or five questions, I've bunched them all together because there's so many questions about the likes of Liverpool assets, Son and Kane, Manchester City players, defenders. So I've gone four or five you know, similar questions for the first half and then there's a few other ones to finish up the question section this week. So the first one comes in from Andy, FPL Teach Modes. What's the bigger priority this week, getting KDB or Vardy? So Andy says he can get either of them for a free transfer. Now, looking at fixtures, first of all, if you look at Manchester City and KDB, they've got Burnley, Fulham, Manchester United and West Brom, so very, very good fixtures, three out of four, very good fixtures there at least, they'll probably beat Manchester United as well, Uh, when you look at Vardy, fixtures, Fulham, Sheffield United, Brighton, Everton, very, very good fixtures as well there, so I can see why it's a tough one, whether you want to go KDB or Vardy, and I think a big part of this decision, and this goes for, you could throw Salah into the mix here as well, it goes for, and, and probably Bruno for that matter, it's captaincy. What I did last week before Game Week 9, I sat down. I think it's it's a good idea for everyone to do. And it's it's an idea I got from the excellent FPL Black Box podcast and YouTube video that's been going this season. Uh, is Make yourself a captaincy matrix. So look, we're in Game Week 10 now. Maybe go Game Week 10 to 15. Go through each Game Week. Look at all the fixtures. Write down who you think is the best captain in Game Week 10. Who do you think is the best captain in Game Week 11? And so on. And maybe maybe pick out two or three. So who's the best option in Game Week 10? Who's the next best option in Game Week 10? And see you know, how 
the aim is to is to have the best captaincy option in your opinion as often as possible and that will dictate then what you do with your transfers so when I did that last week before game week 9 uh, KDB came out on top for 4 or 5 weeks out of the next 6 or 7 weeks so that's why I was prioritising getting him in this week to captain him but I think it's not as clear cut now because Manchester City they're not the Man City they were in previous seasons. I think they've scored 10 goals in 8 games. They just don't look great when you watch them either. So even with the good fixtures coming up, are we going to see them score 3, 4, 5 goals a game? I would say probably not, given what I've seen so far this season. On the flip side, you've got Jamie Vardy, who's having a very good season. When you boil it down, when you simplify it as well, you know, look at this season so far. How many points does KDB have? He's got 29 how many points has Jamie Vardy got? He's got 61. You know, he's got more than double of what KDB has got this season. So in this scenario, I think now I'd probably lean towards getting Vardy instead of KDB if it's a straight shootout. And I would be quite happy to captain Vardy in those fixtures, um, or at least in some of them, Fulham for sure this week. Uh, and maybe even against Sheffield United and Brighton as well. I think he's a very good option. So if I had to pick just one of those this week, I think I would lean towards Jamie Vardy. I think what we've got to do with Man City is I think we've got to forget what they've done in previous seasons and try and try and look at them, you know, with tunnel vision just on this season. I think it's the same for Spurs as well. You know, Kane and Son are doing fantastically well. Spurs are sitting top of the league, I think. So, you know, why should we be selling, you know, very good assets from a very good team this season who have been very, very consistent? You know, KDB the likes of you know Sterling, you know Mares, these guys—they're just not—they're just not cutting it at the moment. So do we need to jump in right away, more in hope than expectation, um, or can we just wait a little bit longer to see if they do improve? So that's the way I'm leaning now. I'm leaning towards maybe not getting KDB now, um, and just giving City another game or two to see if they do improve against the likes of Burnley and Fulham. Uh, yes, you can miss points by doing that as well, but for me. I'm leaning towards sticking to the guys who have been doing well for me, the likes of Son, the likes of Kane. You know, I don't really see any reason to sell them. So going back to Andy's question, KDB or Vardy this week, I think I would go Vardy because uh, I think Leicester have looked better than City this season. You know, Vardy's probably looked better than KDB, even though Vardy is very dependent on penalties. You know, with those fixtures coming up, I would fancy him to get a few from open play as well. Next question came in from Nickelodeon. Uh, Nickelodeon says he's got the same problem as me whether to remove Son for KDB as he's the only realistic option I have to replace. So yeah, this is classic form versus fixtures, which I'll come back to later because there's a form versus fixtures question. The way I'm looking at, you know, I was going to get rid of Son for KDB this week. The way I'm looking at it now is there's no way I want to sell Son. You know, when I take a step back, look at what he's done this season and look at how Spurs are performing. This, you know, people are saying Spurs are not title contenders. You know, Mourinho will definitely be thinking that you know, quietly that they definitely are this season. Given that it's a crazy season and the likes of Liverpool and City are having some issues as well, it's a good opportunity for somebody like Spurs to do a Leicester this season. So for me, I think Son and Kane are going to stay. I think KDB is still a very good option and I'm not really now getting them this week, but it won't be in place of Son. I think what we've got to do with Son is keep him. And if we want to get KDB or Salah, you know, find another way to do so, even if it means taking a minus four. So that's what that's what my current thoughts are on KDB uh, and Son. I was looking at Son's numbers: nine goals in nine games. He's averaging a goal every eighty-one minutes. How many goals has KDB scored this season? One. Yes, he's played less games and less minutes, but you know, Son's a goal scorer. KDB, you're you're relying more so on those assists. So would I rather have a goal scorer or 
an assister, I think it's got to be a goal scorer. So that is again everything's leaning, everything's telling me to keep Son, which I'm going to do this week. Question from Sacred Silence: What are my thoughts on going with Manchester City defenders? Uh, a Manchester City defensive double up instead of their attacking asset. So yeah, I think KDB is the best attacker to own for Manchester City. I don't think you need to double up. So what, do I like the defensive double up? Absolutely, yes. I think they've been much better defensively in recent weeks. Yes, they conceded twice against Spurs, but I wouldn't worry about that one too much. Always going to be a tough fixture there with the likes of Kane and Son on the counter-attack. I like Diaz probably as my number one pick from the City defence because he's the safest. But I like adding another one in alongside him. Maybe go for Cancelo as well. Um, so yeah, I, if, if I was on, let's say I was on a wildcard this week and, and I was forced to buy three City players, I think I would go KDB, number one, I'll go Diaz, number two, and I'll probably throw Cancelo in, number three, and bank on City keeping quite a few clean sheets over the coming week. So yes, I do like that idea. FPL Dave, again on Manchester City, should those without City players look to target them? Dave mentions KDB and Sterling for the turn in fixtures, despite the disappointing amount of goals they've scored this season. So yeah, like I said, I think it's 10 goals in eight Premier League matches. You know, they've scored 10 and eight, we're used to City scoring 10 and 2, never mind 10 and 8. So I think we've got to take this season in isolation. Uh, and at the moment, City don't look good. And Pep keeps saying it after the games as well. He keeps mentioning the fact that we're struggling to score goals. So there's serious issues there in attack for City, which puts me off them. Now, City play Burnley this weekend. Don't be surprised to see them go out and score 3, 4, 5 goals. I don't think it will happen because Burnley are very, a very good defensive unit and they defended very well against Crystal Palace on Monday night. But I'm happy enough to wait until I see an improvement, like I've said. So for me, I think um, you know I'd rather prioritise getting Salah back rather than getting KDB because I, I trust him a lot more with the captain's armband than I do KDB at the moment. And yeah, so for me, I'm in the camp of probably form over fixtures on this one. I'm going to keep the guys who've been doing well for me and I'm going to wait. I'm going to hold off on City for now to see if there's an improvement. Now, I still may go for a defender this week. I may get Diaz, but I don't think I'm going to buy KDB this week. Question from Mohamdi. Should we keep Robertson or get a Manchester City defender? Again, I think I'm leaning towards keeping Robertson here. Great performance. You know, could have had even more attacking returns in that game uh, at the weekend. Looking at the fixtures as well, this is why I want to keep Robertson. Um, I'm planning to wildcard game week 16. So between now and then, Robertson has Brighton, Wolves, Fulham, Tottenham, Crystal Palace, West Brom. So I would say they're even though they're without quite a few defenders, if they play like they did against Leicester, there's clean sheet chances there in five of the six games. I would say Spurs, I would fancy Spurs to score against Liverpool. Brighton don't score many. Wolves don't score many. I would fancy a clean sheet against Fulham. Crystal Palace and West Brom also don't score many. So in addition to Robertson's attacking potential, I think there could be clean sheets to come between now and when I wildcard. So Robertson for me, you know, I bought him game week one and I... I bought him and Alexander-Arnold game week one and I said to myself, I hope both of these guys are in my team for 38 game weeks. Now Trent is gone, but Robertson now, I'm back to thinking maybe he could be a player that just stays there all season. Uh, and over the course of a whole 38 game week season, he should return a very healthy number of points relative to his price. So Robertson stays for me. It's a bit like Son 
you know, if I want to get KDB or Salah, I'm going to find another way to do it and keep Son. Likewise, with a Manchester City defender, I think it's a good time to get a Man City defender. But for me, it will be getting them, getting one to add in alongside Robertson rather than to replace Robertson. Question from Toby. What to do with James Rodriguez? Yeah, big question. I'm asking myself this one as well. Now, I don't think it's an urgent issue because it's Leeds next who have been conceding a lot of goals before that Arsenal game and then it's Burnley. So two good fixtures coming up for Everton which could see Rodriguez back amongst the points. But again, having a look at it, taking an overall picture of the season, James has basically blanked in six of eight appearances. So there's only two games where he's done very well for us. Uh, in that position in midfield, quite simply, I would rather own, I would rather upgrade Hamez to someone you know who I've mentioned already, or similar prices. I would rather own Grealish if you don't have him, Ziyech if you don't have him, or Jota at Liverpool. Now I think is a very very exciting option, um, who I think will continue to get starts. Maybe not every week, but I think he, he he's playing too well at the moment for Klopp to leave him out. So I like Jota. I like Ziyech and I like Grealish in place of James Rodriguez. Like I mentioned, Richarlison, I think, is the best pick now at Everton after Calvert-Lewin. So for me, I mentioned finding another way to get Salah or KDB this week. Maybe James would be my route, so I could sell James, but that would probably mean I would have to sell Kane as well, which I don't mind too much. You know, I'm pretty set on keeping Son, but I'm not tied to Harry Kane at the moment because I do like three cheap strikers and having more cash in midfield. So that is something I may do this week. I may take a minus four, get rid of James um, for Salah or KDB, most likely Salah, and then get rid of Kane for someone like uh, Bamford. I probably have enough cash for Richarlison if I fancy the double up. Again, I'll come back to that in the transfer section at the end of the podcast. So James for me, he won't be in my team for much longer. Question from Matt Gilbert, form or fixtures? question mark keeps it simple he wasn't the only person to ask this because it's it's a classic stage of the season you know we've got Spurs players and you know Bruno's doing okay as well but then you've got the Manchester City guys who've got the good fixtures so do you stick with the guys who are playing well or do you play the fixtures now I've just made a few notes here and I'm basically trying to figure out what my thoughts are myself so what I've written down here is I'm usually a fixtures first manager, but when it comes to players who have been doing well for me, I tend to stick with the form player. So I'm very loyal to players who get me points. Um, so that in that sense, I'm probably form over fixtures. Um, for example, Son and Kane versus KDB and Vardy. You know, I'm happy to keep Son and Kane rather than get KDB or Vardy, even though they've got better fixtures, because I'm backing the form players to continue their good form regardless of tougher fixtures as we've seen with Spurs beating Manchester City Uh, I've written down here as well maybe I'm more form over fixtures when it comes to the premium assets because fixtures don't matter too much for them so I would say I'm probably more a fixtures manager maybe when it comes to the cheaper assets you know I've got an Aston Villa double up at the moment because of fixtures you know my cheap 4.5 million defenders I picked them based on fixtures as well for example I started Charlie Taylor this week uh, because I thought his fixture was much better than Walker Peters or Justin, and it turned out to be the right call. So yeah, I think I'm probably, to be honest, I don't know. I don't know if I'm more of a form or a fixtures manager. I was saying to myself a couple of weeks ago, I think I'm becoming more of a fixtures manager. But I think the fact now that I'm going to probably swerve KDB. 
tells me that maybe I am actually more of a form, a form pick manager. Um, I'm probably somewhere in between. Question from FPL Commando. Really want a Leicester defender with her upcoming run of fixtures, but which one to go for? So if I didn't have any Leicester defenders, which one would I go for this week? I think I would probably lean towards Fafana at 5 million, just because I think he's a safer long-term pick than Justin. Uh, Castagna might be back next week. Pereira probably won't be too far away. Now, Justin, I've got Justin. I'm not going to sell him until he loses his place because... It's a bit like Saïs a couple of weeks ago. He's not a problem until he becomes a problem. Yeah, you know, I'm going to keep Justin until he actually does lose his place, which might never happen. So I think it would be a waste of a transfer to sell Justin while he's still in the team. But I think this one depends if you've still got a wild card left as well. If you've still got your first wild card, then I would probably go Justin because at least you've got that wild card to change it up in a couple of weeks if he did lose his place. If you don't have a wild card, Fofana, 5 million, I think is a good pick there. Question from Gustin, who is the best Saïs replacement? So anyone who has still has Saïs, he's got to go now. He's 5.2 million, so I've looked at options at the same price or less. Picked out four, Aaron Cresswell, Hector Bellerin, Stuart Dallas or Matt Target. So one of those, my pick there, I think if you don't want to free up a bit of cash, I will go Cresswell at 5.1 million. Final question for this week from FPL Finding Glory, which is what we're all trying to find this season. Finding Glory has Werner. He was close to a big haul this week. Should I stick with him or consider Jesus for the upcoming fixtures? Again, a slight case of form versus fixtures. Werner's been doing okay last couple of weeks. Jesus has the fixtures. What would I do there? I would keep Timo Werner. Watching that game at the weekend, very unlucky. Got into great positions. Poor finishing let him down. So I would keep Werner. I think he's a very good option. Jesus, Aguero scares me off. So quite simply, I don't want a Man City attacker and have to sweat over the team sheets every week. I think Jesus is probably okay short term, but give it, you know, in in two or three games time, we could see Aguero get a start there. So I would keep Timo Werner because he's much more likely to play regular minutes. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Game week 10, captaincy and transfers now. I'll start with captaincy. Like last week, I think there's an awful lot of very good options this week for the captaincy. I think it's going to be pretty wide open. There's going to be a big spread of captain picks this week. Looking at the fixtures, Vardy at home to Fulham. Very, very good option if you have him. Liverpool are away to Brighton. Very good fixture for Salah if he's back. Manny or maybe even Jota is worthy of the armband now. Rotation probably would scare me off that. But if you have him and you don't have another Liverpool player, I think it's okay this week. Uh, KDB or Sterling at home to Burnley. Good fixture on paper as well. Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison, 
have Leeds, who, if they play like they did previous to the Arsenal game, Calvert-Lewin and Richardson could have some joy there. Bruno Fernandes, who is always a captain's option with those penalties, is away to Southampton, which is probably a game that will suit him. We've seen a lot of his returns come away from home already this season and last season. So Southampton will come out and play, which should give Bruno and co space to counter-attack. The big game this weekend, Chelsea against Spurs. I think with all the other options I just mentioned, I would probably swear this one for captaincy. You know, Werner's an option, Son and Kane are always options as well. But I think those games are always pretty unpredictable, as we've seen with Spurs and Manchester City last weekend. So I think there's enough options this week that you don't need to look to a Spurs or a Chelsea player for the captaincy. What am I thinking? At the moment, in my bus team, I'm on Calvert-Lewin, captain, at home to Leeds. Now, that could switch to Bruno Fernandes before the weekend. But I think my captaincy will depend on what my transfer or transfers are this week. So I'm going to monitor the Salah situation this week. Um, If he features in the Champions League, I think I'll probably jump back in and get him back and probably captain him against Brighton rather than Calvert-Lewin against Leeds. The other options, if I change my mind and decide to get Katie, let's say Salah has more issues and it looks like if there's any doubts about him playing against Brighton, uh, let's say Klopp comes out and says, you know, because he's been away, you know, he's not up to scratch fitness-wise, which I don't think will be an issue. But if there's anything that comes out that makes Salah a doubt for the weekend, then maybe I will get De Bruyne. And if I do get De Bruyne, I probably would captain him over Calvert-Lewin as well or Bruno. So yeah, I think I, I, I probably don't own my captain yet uh, in my team until I make my transfers, which will be. It'll be a Friday decision for me this week because, as I'm going to mention now, I've got one free transfer. I've mentioned I think I'm going to keep Son and Robertson, so I won't be doing my original plan of minus four Diaz and KDB. And I just started down, I started noting down a couple of options I've got for transfers this week, and I ended up having six different options, and there's probably more as well. So I'll go through them very quickly. Option one, Bruno out, Salah in, Salah captain. Nice and simple. Do I want to sell Bruno? I'm not sure. Option two, a nice simple defensive transfer, Charlie Taylor out, Diaz in. But my issue with that one is if I bring Diaz in, I'd probably have to bench Chilwell against Spurs, which I don't really want to do because Chilwell can get something going forward in that game, even if he doesn't keep a clean sheet. Uh, Option three, Bruno out, KDB in, KDB captain. Option four would be a minus four, as I mentioned earlier. Could get rid of Kane and James and get Salah back along with a cheap striker. So Richarlison, Bamford or Antonio, if he's fit, would be the options there. I quite actually, actually quite like that minus four because I've mentioned a few times this season, I like the three cheap strikers. I'm probably not going to captain Harry Kane between now and when I wildcard anyway. So I don't mind losing Kane. I much prefer to keep Son, who I think is potentially more explosive and tends to play more as a striker anyway in these tougher fixtures with Kane dropping deep. Option five would be James Rodriguez out for Diogo Jota, which I quite like that one as well. But I think a lot of people are in this scenario this week. If you if you sold Salah, the temptation is to get Jota instead and you know save yourself about six million quid. But I think if we get Jota, we're probably unlikely to get Salah back then. So it's a bit risky because you're probably missing out on a very strong captaincy candidate in Salah. So that probably scares me off Jota a little bit as well as the rotation worry is if I get Jota, I feel like I'm I'm going to try and be too clever and probably miss out on Salah as a strong captaincy option. So I don't think I'll do that one. 
unless something happened to Manny, Salah or Firmino this week and then Jota would be probably a very good option even as a captain uh, and option 6 Kane out Vardy in Vardy captain so as you can see it's a bloody nightmare this week transfer wise and I'm sure plenty of you are in the same boat it's a week where I'm kind of hoping a couple of things happen maybe Champions League Europa League that make the decision for me whether it be injuries or or stuff like that because at the moment I could go any direction of those six so like I said Friday decision it's it's one of those weeks where it's going to take me quite a few days to process you know what's happened game week nine what happens Champions League and what I want to do for the next couple of weeks as well so like I mentioned have a look at that captaincy matrix make yourself a captaincy matrix and that will help you with your decisions that's something I'm going to do this week as well Thank you for taking the time to listen, folks. I appreciate it. If you'd like to hear more podcasts from me this week, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe and good luck for game week 10. I'll be back next Tuesday to preview game week 11. Talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.